All right, this is the damn podcast. Welcome back in Brandon Sprague, 1080 The Fan, alongside Angie Machado, BeaverBlitz.com. The Beavers coming off of their loss in the Rose Bowl, but I think a lot of people feeling optimistic, Angie, because of their opponent this week in Arizona. This is the first time I'm a degenerate, so I know these things. The first time in over two years they have been favored over a Pac-12 opponent. I was wondering. I didn't go and do the research, but I was wondering. It, I thought it might be the, the first time. Yeah, the spread open at seven and a half, or no, actually, the spread opened at nine. Oh wow! And that that immediately was bet down. I think people were like, "Yeah, Oregon State can win by ten. Hmm, don't know about that one. Yeah, that's that might be a little much. You know, I I don't know if we want to talk about it now. That that concerns me a bit, though. The game. Really. Just just the fact that Arizona can run the ball. Let's just get into it now. I mean, screw the schedule we had for the podcast. Let's just get into it. <laughs> why? Okay, UCLA, so... UCLA, why do we need to talk about UCLA? Well, I mean, UCLA was... First of all, let's just call a spade a spade. It had its moments. I think Hungala was a stud. Watching that kid play football is a ton of fun. I continue to be impressed uh, by Murray. Watching these young players. Jalen Moore, I know he's out the rest of the year now, according to Gary Anderson. Like... There were some moments in that game that were fun. Also, big chunks of that game, that got really boring. And yeah. it sometimes can get tough to watch, but that's what happens when you don't really have a quarterback. You add the pick six into the mix, and it's just literally like, yeah, well, of course that has to happen because they're in a passing situation, and all they can do is run the ball. Yeah, you know, I they just never could get into a rhythm either. Mm-mm. So, yeah, it was... I, I actually watched it with a, several Blitz members, and it was a blast. I mean, mm-hmm. we had a blast. But, yeah, it was it was a tough one to watch. Yeah, you never like to – I mean, you hate to lose, but then to lose to UCLA, who's – I don't know what their program is right now. To lose by 14, it's just, yeah. Oregon State had been so good at covering the spread. Well, then, okay, so why are you, you – you said one concern. Is there more than that? Because I think most people – I like to pat myself on the back for this one. When we preseason looked at their schedule, I circled Arizona and I said, I love that game for Oregon State. It's late November. If Arizona's not good, where, where are they going to be mentally? It could be cold and wet. They don't like playing in that crap. I think a lot of people have this opinion. This is a win for the Beavers. What, why are you so worried about it? I, I'm not like totally stressing about it, but you know, I just, I just think Oregon State's defense has had so many blows and, and stopping the run has been has been tough for them. And then offensively, there's been no rhythm. And, you know, gosh, I worry about quarterback depth, to be completely honest. Um, you know, looking ahead, you have Marcus McMarion and then uh, Connor Blount. I haven't seen him, you know, we, we didn't see him at UCLA and we thought we might. So I'm wondering about his health. And then who do they have? Seth Collins is out. He was like your backup. I know Hunter Jarman has played some quarterback. Yeah, he's out. But he's out. Yeah. So that you, concern then is, do you, I mean, they may, if something happens, McMarion have to burn Mason Moran's red shirt for the last two games of the season. You know, I think a lot of it would depend where they're at in the game. If they're up big, you run a wildcat. You don't even think about it. If you're yeah, in a yeah. closely contested ball game, it sucks. It really does. But I think you burn it and you say, screw it. You know what? It's not like this program is in a position where they want to wait a four a full four years. You know, Mason Moran's going to have his struggles as a freshman player. We it's just a fact of college football. 
So I, I think if they're in a position to win a game, you do whatever you you do whatever you can to win these these next two. You obviously want to win the last one because of what it means to the fan base, the losing streak you have riding on that game. But also Arizona, we don't you can't lose sight of Arizona of how bad Arizona's been. They're zero seven in the conference. They're a dumpster fire right now. You do whatever it takes to win, and I know a lot of people don't want that red shirt burned. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm perfectly a okay with it if it means it's going to be a win for them. I, yeah, I agree. I, you know, and, and let the kid get some get some work if if need be, because you know, I, I, I'm torn with that. You know, do you put someone like a, a Paul Lucas back there and just run wildcat, or let Ryan Nall just run all over him? But I agree. You know, it's but it, it is concerning because here's Mason Moran who's been running the scout team all along. Um, it, it's a it's kind of a scary proposition. Well, and the problem I think for the wildcat would be at some point as bad as Arizona is. I mean, it just doesn't work. It's not a. It's not a oh, system no, it's not that a viable, works. Yeah. No, you're not winning the ball game if he gets hurt in the first, and that's your options for the next four quarters. Uh, to me, that's not a. That's not an option. That's not a way to win a ball game, even with a bad team like Arizona. So, you know, you, you do what you can, and you put him in. And the other part too is with burning that red shirt. You're right. He gets the reps. Um, we don't. We wouldn't know, and this is all hypothetical, obviously. But you wouldn't know the extent of the injury. You could need a quarterback for the Civil War because you mentioned Connor Blount and uh, Blount, and he was, you know, he did a radio show, he did an interview on our radio uh, uh, station yesterday as we record this on a Thursday, and he was basically asked, you know, why didn't we see Blount for UCLA when you had said, you know, we want to do both guys. And he was very vague about it. And yeah, the, yeah, that's what makes me wonder. And you know, yeah. practices, are, practices are closed, so it's not like anybody really has an idea. But um, it wasn't like Marcus was lighting up the world. The offensive line was struggling. I don't know. It, may, it makes me just kind of question a little bit. And it, this team, I mean, seriously, have you seen anything in any sport where a team has had this many bad things happen um injury wise no gary anderson this is a crazy stat that i i was, should have known but i don't know how many people know the number he's lost 25 starters so think about that 25 there's 22 on both sides of the ball combined he's wow. lost 25 he's lost both sides so he's basically plus lost three both others starting both sides of the ball starting lineups oh and more yeah and, and more and three more kids yes so he's he's basically wow. you could line it up. He has lost both sides of the ball plus three, and that's and that's far and away by the way of any team he's ever coached. Utah State, Wisconsin, etc. Most ever. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I heard that, and I knew they were banged up. You know, they just announced Bright Aguebu, Jalen Moore going to be out for the year. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you're just like wow, continuing more and more injuries. Of course, man. When he puts that in perspective with the number of twenty five, they've lost. Holy crap, man. How are, how have they even won two games, let alone the expectation they could win four? No, ex- no exactly. I was just going to say that. I mean, it's, it's shocking they've won two. I mean, really. And then you think about, these aren't just knees, you know, like broken hands or feet or blown out knees. They've lost guys with testicular cancer. Yes. Two. And now a player with bacterial meningitis. I know. And and that's the unfortunate part is is like a little bigger than just, you know, a tweaked ankle. Uh, yeah, tweaked, I mean, and, and it sucks. It sucks. You know, you get turf toe or you have a guy that's out because he broke his foot. Mm-hmm. Or Those are all things you kind of expect in football. I mean, it happens and it stinks and whatever. But when you're losing guys because of things that are that big, 
Yeah, and and you know it should be said, and we, it doesn't need to be said, but uh, I think we just we do on this podcast we throw our thoughts and prayers to his family and stuff. Oh, I, yeah, I, I've been worried, and I don't even know his family, but gosh, I cannot even imagine. And the players, yes, thoughts, prayers. Um, it's, that's a scary thing. When this all broke I, Sunday, I heard some rumblings about it. I kind of started doing some research and. It's scary. Yeah, I I don't know. I didn't know anything about bacterial meningitis. And so I I was just thinking, I'd seen the tweets. I want to say it was Monday morning. And I said, wow, 48 hours ago, I watched this kid high five, pat people on the helmet, give butt slaps, like competing in a football game. And now he's listed as critical condition at a hospital. And so I didn't know the extent of what meningitis, you know, bacterial meningitis was. But I have a coworker who his girlfriend passed away with that in college. Whoa. And yeah. yeah, so he came up and he asked about it. And I said, you know, I haven't heard anything right now. It's critical. And this was before the fair report came out. And I go, I don't really know what that means though. And he goes, well, it's pretty serious. Like you, you can, you could pass away from this. You could die. And I go, what? And he's like, yeah, my girlfriend in college, literally like 48 hours after we had a weekend together, she got it felt really terrible. We took her to the hospital. She died three days later. So um, I think most people know this, but for people who don't that were like me, I just, I've never experienced it in my life with anybody. I haven't read up on it. This blew my mind and it's, it's just makes you have second thoughts and you continue to just think about the young guy and, I, it's good that he's in fair condition. Hopefully, he can get out of there, though. He's, they, they've upgraded him to uh, good. Oh, to good. Okay, well, then that's today. that's great news. So that's good. That's great um, news. But gosh, yeah, I, I looked just the last time a case was in Corvallis was a, a Corvallis high school student in 2014 and ended up having to have legs amputated. Jeez Louise. And I, I, I yeah. Like yeah. I said, scary, so, scary stuff. But yeah. so, um, yes, thoughts and prayers. Um, and I think besides us beaver family I, i've seen tweets going out from lots of lots of different yeah fan bases it's it's scary stuff yeah i think everybody you put out you put your fan fandom aside in this situation um getting back to like oregon state yes do you remember the scene it was the last no it was the second batman uh with the the christopher nolan ones that they just made i think it was the dark knight yeah i haven't seen it okay well anyways i think a lot I'm of a listeners loser. out yeah you are a total loser i think i, I watch <laughs> movies like clueless and things you know? oh please don't <laughs> You know what's bad about that? You have blonde hair too. I, know, I mean, it just doesn't help. It doesn't help. Actually, I love. I'm. I'm totally. I, I'm a Kevin Hart groupie. I love Kevin Hart, so I've been okay. watching a lot of Kevin Hart movies lately. I can dig that, but I think a lot of people out there have seen The Dark Knight yes. with Batman. There's a scene with Alfred, who Michael Caine plays, and he's. They're basically trying to figure out the Joker and what can entice the Joker or what drives the Joker to be a bad person. And he tells the story. You know, he worked in this country, and this guy used to steal rubies, like huge rubies. And gems that were worth tons of money and one day they caught him down by like the river and he was just throwing them in the river and just laughing like just throwing huge expensive stones in the river and the basically the line is some people just like to watch the world burn for me in the arizona game getting back to mason moran i just want to watch the red shirt burn if that's what it takes to win that freaking ball game don't give me the future talk. Don't give me the is he ready talk. You burn the damn red shirt and you throw him in there right away if it means giving Oregon State three wins on the year with the potential to get four. Look at you. 
Batman references. <laughs> <laughs> Went a little deep with that one, but uh, nice. no, it, it's just how I feel. Just burn just it. Win, Who cares? Baby. I'll just go to, to good old Al Davis. Yes. Just win, baby. Just win. And I think everybody's at that point. And if you, you feel a certain way about the red shirt, great. And I see your point, but... Guys, you got to win games here. We talked about the attendance thing. And and by the way, thank you to everybody that reached out on Twitter and responded after that podcast to me and Angie at Beaver Blitz, etc. We got a ton of great responses. And I would basically say it boils down to, for a lot of fans, they think winning. Winning, winning. cures all. And as bandwagon as you may think that is, I think there's some some legs to that. So if that's a reality to why attendance kind of sucks and ticket sales aren't going well, um, you got to win ball games. If you if you want to build on the future, Mason Moran's red shirt's like the last thing I care about. They finished the season with four wins, surpassing the Vegas total, which would shock me. Uh, you're you're walking into next season, I think, with a ton of confidence. You've boosted the confidence of that program. Tons. And there's so so many young players have been getting action. Get them healthy. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, and like I said a couple weeks ago, these are two winnable games coming up right now. They're very winnable games. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the Civil War. I'll have more info, but uh, I, I, I'm going to tailgate. I got buddies, Duck and Beaver fans. We're going to tailgate. Um, so I'll give info out maybe on next week's podcast about that. And we're going to, by the way, have to do an early edition since Thanksgiving yes, is next week. Yes, we'll have to do an early one. Um, in fact, that's one of the damn questions in the lodge at Beaver Blitz is tell us about the tailgate. So um, Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'm, I'll get more information. I'm still working a lot of things out. I haven't bought tickets yet. Um, I was, I'll just put it out there now. I, I, I'm pretty offended from the media side. Uh, I know a lot of people in that program. It's a great athletic department. There's a lot of really great people. Um, names I can't even begin to start because there's too many. I also got a nice chuckle because I got an email and it basically said, hey, haven't heard from your radio station. Curious if you guys were going to cover the game. All the press box seats are full, so you're going to be outside on the photo deck. And I know fans out there that pay for tickets and spend their hard-earned money are like, dude, what are you complaining about? If you're in the, if the, if you're in the industry... You know that that's a that's a mother bleeping joke. How is there not one seat for our radio station? Are you kidding that's me? Crazy. Because the Oregonian needs to bring fifteen people. Yeah, but yeah need the to Oregonian does. They, they they do bring you know fifteen. Yeah, they're not even the most read newspaper in Portland. I just want to point that out. That's the Willamette Weekly now. But uh, anyways, I got that email today and I started laughing. Like, okay, no worries. I won't be going as a media member if that's how we're going to be treated. Why the hell would I want to go to that? Um, so no, I still haven't bought tickets yet. I'll probably do that day of just because I know there'll be some people trying to give some away but i'll give you guys tailgating information when we do the podcast uh we'll decide it off the air but sometime next week maybe tuesday or wednesday sounds great um i want to get back to the arizona game real quick because you got yes. some big recruiting nuggets we've got to answer some damn questions and then um we've kind of gone just completely off rails today well this is the beauty of podcasting that this- is because nobody wants to hear our retake, our, our, I, I, let's mix it up because nobody wants to hear what we have to say about UCLA. Yeah, no, UCLA's done. It's been long enough. The pick six, I think, sours everybody's opinions. Gary Anderson was pissed. Um, but Arizona, like, you bring up valid points of why you shouldn't be, like, majorly concerned, but why you should be concerned. I get that. I'm actually going to go the other way. I'm about as confident in this game as I've been in Oregon State in a long time. Really? Yes. And and let me tell you, I got a couple reasons. First of all, I think sometimes we in sports, because we've seen crazy things happen. 
we really like to second guess our first judgments where, and I know this is a lot of people who gamble, you'll make a pick and then you'll go, well, I could see them doing this and that team doing that. You know what? I'm going to change my pick. And then you end up losing that, that money. And I apply this to my sports opinions. Sometimes we just know. And I think you see this in the NFL right now, and you see this absolutely in college football. What I know right now, Arizona is a lifeless dog when they go on the road. They're a lifeless animal in Pac-12 play. They're terrible. They got 69 in Pullman by the Cougars. And when you talk about Arizona, maybe they can run the ball. Maybe they have good you know, pass defense, what have you. I just don't trust anything they're doing. I think that program's lost a little of their direction. They're banged up. They're playing young players. And frankly, they haven't even been competitive. There's they have some... to come to Corvallis. And actually, I think the weather looks like it might be decent, but it's night. See, they're going to have a quick turnaround then they, they, because they play ASU then on Friday night. And that's the rivalry game. ASU sucks right now. There's an element to me. I think Oregon State has the real potential. If they come in, and this is the second part, if they come in as hungry as they've been in every other game, and then you add on top of it the emotional swing of Seth Collins. Let's say Seth Collins yeah. is still in the hospital, but he's great, or he just got released. I think you're going to see that team fired the F up and ready to come out and swing on Arizona. They've been close against Stanford. They've been close against Utah. They were right there with UCLA. And the second half against UW, they played better. But that's three games of their last four that you look at, and they should have maybe had a case for all of those games of being right there to win. Yeah, and now they're playing the worst team in the conference. I think it means a ton to this group. I think it means a ton to Gary Anderson. Add the emotional element. I really feel confident about this ball game for Oregon State. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with with your points. Like I said, my, my biggest concern, like I said, is, is them running the ball. But, you know, I, I thought the same thing. Even if Seth's in the hospital, if he's able to do a quick message that they can – I mean, because Seth is a total emotional leader. I mean, he is right there always fired up. Get him so the guys can see he's, you know, doing better, what have you. But, um, like I said, night game – Beaser, it's Dad's weekend. Yeah, Beaser should be rocking, um, or at least partially rocking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you know, yeah, they they've been competitive. They're in there. It, it should be a, a good a good battle. And I I see Oregon State as being a team that, yes, they've had their struggles, but they weren't expected to do anything, and so they just keep fighting. Yeah, throwing the haymakers. Whereas Arizona is having a disappointing year. Yeah, they're, they're wilting. Well, and we, we looked at the Colorado game last year. A lot of people circled that one and said, you know, Oregon State's just not very good at this point, and Colorado continues to lose ball games. People would circle that game, and who's the basement dweller, right? That was the basement game of the Pac-12. Well, whoever loses this is the worst team in the Pac-12. I think there's an element of Oregon State lost that game last year. This is a, a lot of the same kids, different attitude, improved play and I think they've circled this and said you know what we do have two wins it hasn't been pretty but we've seen market improved play I, I I think they've circled this one and said this is our basement game this is a all right we think we're good we think we're improving it's time to go show it against a bad Arizona team who doesn't yeah. want to go on the road they hate playing outside of Arizona they don't want to play a 730 game uh, on the west coast with a chance of showers with a chance of it being freezing those kids hate that. They don't want that. So I think hey, Oregon I'll tell you, State I was in Arizona last week. 
It was it was freaking rad. I bet it was. 80 degrees. Yes. Sunshine, yep. warmth. Yep. Yeah, they don't want to come up here. No, we saw this with ASU two years ago when they were ranked. They came to a night game in Corvallis. It was freezing cold, and they got their butts kicked by a bad Oregon State team. So, you know, I, I just look at this, and it might be overconfidence on my end, but uh, I just feel good about it. I really do. Good, good. And first time you said all season that you feel this confident, so that's... That's a that's a plus. Well, they haven't been favored in over two years. I know the that's Pac-12 crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Well, and then you know, getting back over to recruiting, I wanted to. I know we had some questions last week about recruiting, and the next two weeks, actually, the next three are going to be really, really big um, for Oregon State and recruiting. So, um, we'll just we can I can do a quick rundown of who's coming this weekend, just to give you guys kind of an idea. Um, two commits that are already on board, and quarterback Aiden Willard and uh, defensive end Xavier Davis out of Pima Community College. He's actually redshirting this year, so he hasn't played. But, uh, you know, a 6'5", 230, 240-pound defensive end. Uh, really excited to get him up here. He's been committed for a full year now, and uh, he's making his official visit here um, this weekend. So, That's good news. Yeah, Aiden Willard, if you don't know the story there, you should totally check out Beaver Blitz, but it's a cool story. His parents both went to Oregon State. He grew up a Beaver fan. Um great kid quarterback out of Justin Siena High School in Napa, California. So um, tall kid. He's in that, you know, 6'2", 190 range. Mm -hmm. He suffered a knee injury this year and was out for part of the season, but all signs he played the last two games and says it feels really good. So um, looking for him to come in, compete, help with that depth that we're we're lacking so much of right now. And then some targets. Um, They're bringing in Wonsimus Clark out of Hawaii. He's an offensive lineman. I, I know the coaches love this kid. I, he's been to the all-poly camp in Utah, and, and we've seen him different places. My one, if I guess if there's a downside on the kid, is he's a mission kid. So it's really tough to get too excited about a kid that you could sign, but then it's going to be gone for two years. Yeah, you won't see him for a while. You won't see him. So um, he is coming in. Carson Terrell, a tight end from Utah, is coming in. And then two big prospects from South Broward in Hollywood, Florida, in offensive tackle Jordan Carty and athlete slash cornerback Dorian Hall. So um, two really, really good athletes coming all the way across the country to uh, check out Oregon State. So uh, some uh, big offers for some of those kids. Um, Dorian Hall actually has a Colorado, Florida State, um, Louisville interest. So, um, you know, he has interest from a lot of of big-time programs. That's really good news to hear. you got to like hearing that. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Civil War is already shaping up. Like I said, we've talked about it before. It's it's really hard to get too far ahead in recruiting because these, these guys and their trips change all you know all the time so i do this weekend i i wouldn't be shocked to see a, a surprise visitor or two mm-hmm. and i say surprise because a things change but uh, sometimes you know a guy might trip who is committed you know to another program and they want to keep that kind of quiet for a while so i i wouldn't be shocked to see that either this weekend well now you got me curious of the surprise and, well I, i'm not saying it's going to happen i'm just saying <laughs> that happens like all the time so, yeah um, I I wouldn't be surprised to see that um, either this week or next week. Next week we've already lined up a slew of uh, there's JUCO guys coming in. Uh, Justin Saddlemeyer, who's a commit offensive lineman, mm-hmm. junior tra- college transfer. Tino Allen, who is a prep out of Florida, he's a total burner um, wide receiver who's been committed, but that kid's been getting looks from everybody. He's tripped to Maryland and uh, several other schools. 
schools closer to home have been keeping their eyes on him. So it'll be great to get him out here. Um, he's scheduled to come in. Although, again, with him, it'll be interesting because that following weekend in December, that first week in December, a lot of the committed guys are coming in. So um, I know they're trying to bring in a lot of the guys that, you know, more local guys. So whether Tino comes in, Civil War, I'm, I'm guessing Civil War for him, though, just to see a, a game atmosphere. Gotcha. But four-star offensive lineman Jordan Agasiva will be coming in. Uh, he's a, another Pima kid, um, Pima College down in Tucson. Huge. I mean, this kid has offers from everybody. Uh, and then a cornerback who I actually, I've, he just got offered last week, but um, Oregon State's been on him for, for about a month now. Jalen Lane out of Independence, Kansas. Do yourself a favor, Beaver fans, and just check out this kid's film. Now, out of high school, he was a four-star, committed to Oklahoma State, was a bounce back. He didn't qualify. But, I mean, the kid had offers from everywhere. Um, he's, he's a baller. I, I see his film, and I'm just like, wow. Hmm. I, you know? Yeah. So, uh, been great to deal with. I've talked to him several times. So, uh, he is confirmed for Civil War as well. Look so, at that. Yes. Lots of fun stuff. This is what I do. This is what keeps me me up at night. Oh, man. That's a good, that's good information. Good, uh, good stuff to have. If you need a reminder on that, I'm sure we'll give that to you next week. A couple of those names. Um, But now you, you got it in this podcast of this week. Uh, maybe some surprises, and then don't forget the Civil War week and some of those names to continue to watch. I do have a question for you kind of in regards to recruiting. Um, and this kind of centers as a long-term thing. We'll do this before we get to some damn questions. Um, so I was thinking watching this team on Saturday against UCLA. Uh-huh. You know, they're right there, and they continue to struggle with the, in the passing game and, and just not being a good passing offense. I'm very confident with the JC kid coming in. His name's Jake Lutton, if I'm not... Luton. Con- Luton. Luton. That's uh-huh. right. Um, he's putting up big numbers, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he threw for like almost 500 yards this last week. Holy crap. Okay, so five I Five touchdowns, yeah. Yeah, he's got great size. He's like 6'5". 6'6", 235. Jeez <sighs> Louise. So even bigger than I thought. He continues to impress me and make me eager to watch him. And I know you have Mason Moran sitting there as well, and you got a couple other recruits that are coming in. You know, my thing, and Daryl Gerritsen, by the way, my whole thing was, I was thinking the whole time, I continue to be optimistic but there's also a part of me that tries to be, I don't know, not pessimistic, but but wonder the opposite of what I'm thinking sometimes. So I guess... You're overthinking. It's like you're yeah, talking about, yeah. I probably am overthinking. So I guess it's by definition, it's a little pessimistic of thinking. But hear me out. This team is going to bring a lot of guys back that got PT this year, banged up guys, coming back off their injuries, feeling better, right? You assume that if they could win three or four of these games this year and finish there, they ride this wave of momentum into next season. My whole problem and concern is that the quarterback position is not vastly improved. This is the same team next year. Now, the defense will, I think, statistically be better because of the guys who are healthy and playing. But if you don't have a quarterback... I still don't have confidence that this program is getting to the point that people want it to. And I know we still need to wait for Moran to have a full offseason of prep and training and, and working hard. We, we've we got uh, the JC kid coming in and maybe Garretson, uh, Daryl Garretson is still an option for some people. But my whole concern, it, it basically weighs to this. I like this team this year. I love the fight. I love how close they are that they could get four wins. 
I still have long-term concerns about the quarterback position for this program. I have concerns about the quarterback and the, the offensive line. Yeah, I've, yeah, you're right on that because you're going to lose two of them, right? Three. Yeah, two. Yeah, you're right. You're going to lose three of them. Holy Carlo, crap. Andrews, and, and Stanton. Stanton. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that it's it's a scary proposition. Now, you know, you have, like I said, Luton's coming in. I was just scribbling down here the, you know, kind of the depth here for quarterback. Not depth, but you have Garrettson, who's a senior. Yeah. You have Moran or uh, Marcus McMarion, who would be, what, a junior. Luton would be a junior. Let's assume Moran doesn't burn a redshirt. Yes. Then you have him as a redshirt freshman and then Aiden Willard. Those those would be your scholarly guys. And then you have Connor Blount. But they're all very untested. And I think that's what, that almost, it's it not scared me. That's not the right, but I it, like it just kind of got me churning a little bit in my mind of, you know, and there's some optimistic things to take away. And Gary Anderson has shown me in two years, I f- he makes me feel better about the direction of the program. But if you don't find that quarterback, none of it matters. It really I, I doesn't. I will say, though, if you're a Beaver fan, you know, and I know there's been a lot of, you know, there was some talk of, you know, can these guys really recruit? I have been blown away by the play of some of these freshmen. Like, like I mean, like you said, especially on defense. Mm-hmm. But Art, Art Pierce has been solid. Art Pierce has had um, a great year. Great year. But, you know, Andre Hughes-Murray has come in now, what, he playing his fourth game? That kid's done awesome. I, mean, I love I, watching him so play. At least, at least now I feel like, okay, these guys do know what they're looking for. They, they have a vision of what they want. Um, you know, I, I really hope that, you know, like a Jake Luton can, can come in and Daryl Garrettson heals. You know, Mason Moran then can can step in. Mason has a killer arm. He he's mobile. He can move. Um, but I do. I think Coach Anderson, when he came in, I think he got this rap of being a. It's going to be like a total zone read option team. And I I do think he's a pass first guy. I think he wants to pass, but he wants to have that option to do these other things too. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be a part of him that's so tough and gritty, right? That the the element of running it down an opponent's throat probably, you know, for lack of a better expression, probably turns him on as a sports guy. Just of like, yeah, I'm going to ram it right down your throat. Well, you know, you you look at it, and from what I see, it's it's different than what Coach Riley was running but not by a ton. I mean, it's been pretty balanced, you know, as far as runs and passes go. It's, it's not like some gimmicky offense they're running. No, and you, you continue to wonder, and something we talked about a few weeks ago on a couple of different podcasts, uh, does he adopt elements of different systems? Air raid, yeah. I mean, yeah. he had a quote um, after the game against UCLA where he's basically calling the players and coaches out. Yeah, oh yeah. He said, you know, if I need to make changes and that, that goes to players and coaches, I will. I won't hesitate. Don't you love listening to him, by the way? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think, I mean, from entertainment value, you could probably say Leach, but... Oh, Leach, yeah, completely. Outside but side of entertainment, I don't think there's a better coach to listen. Well, Whittingham's pretty good. I think him and Whittingham are probably the best to just listen to but them talk about But you listen and you football. feel like you're, yeah, and you're like, dude, he totally knows what he's talking he about. He gets it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He's very um, good at breaking it down and explaining the path. Wide receivers is another area of concern. And so um, just another little tidbit that Beaver fans, I, I think I was on last week and said Beavers had no shot with Isaiah Hodgins. Yeah, and I know he, he did a tweet where he's laying in bed. and uh, Yeah, he's got his, so it's down in Nebraska, Oregon State, and Oregon. Yeah, and he had Oregon State as his top three, but it, what, the powering probably, what, Ducks, Nebraska, Oregon State? Yeah, but okay, so this is, this is the latest. Oh. Okay, oh. this is the latest. So I have been seriously reaching out to every contact, every source I can come up with. 
because I had written him off. I mean, he was a duck, yeah. right? He was going to go be a duck, whatever. There is so much, like, these rumors of Helfrich being gone are getting so much stronger that it actually sounds like it's Oregon State, Nebraska right now. What? For, for Isaiah Hodgins. That's the feel you get. That is the total gut wow. feeling I get. Wow. I mean, why would a kid choose Oregon right now? I mean, he's oh. committing on Saturday. He picked a date. He is going to commit Saturday. What time on Saturday? I, I think it's after his game. He has a playoff game. But I, so I'm just throwing that, throwing that out there. You, so uh, this is, is this your gut? Like, based on what, you, what you've heard, what you've ta- who people you've talked to, your gut would say you actually think it's Oregon State, Nebraska, yes, Oregon and being I, the and third. And a week ago, I would have, you know, I said it was like a done deal. Yeah. So this is, this is what, I mean, yeah, I've reached out to the kid. He's, he's playing coy, but, um, and we've talked to tons of people, right? Well, he doesn't want anybody to leak no, it. He no. wants his moment. And so, um, and that's what I wonder. I'm like, is this kid just trying now to, you know, draw attention off the, I, you know, I don't know. Dad is very savvy. Dad played under coach Baldwin. Mm-hmm. That's Dad, right. Yeah. Dad knows the system. You know, so then it's okay. If it is. You know, and maybe he, at the end of the day, he's Oregon and he's just trying to throw everybody off, you know, the scent of, but, so then you look, of course, Nebraska typically by now would not be throwing the ball. And then I see a tweet yesterday of Cali, Nebraska, 77 degrees in sunshine. Okay. That is not (laughs) normal Nebraska November, but you know, you got, you got 77 going on in Lincoln and then you have Oregon state, which is if he, if that kid thinks about it. He he would tot- I mean he would be the star of the class. Yep, no, hands no, down. Not even close. Yeah, and you know could come in and would play right away and and might get some other guys to flip with him. I mean, it's really gotten kind of crazy. You know, if people don't mind, I do want to say this real quick. It, it is regards to to Oregon. I think he's gone. Yeah. I mean, I I don't even think it's a rumor. If you if they do if they if what happens in Salt Lake City that we think is going to happen happens. I know that made no sense, but if it goes down and they get blown out, um, I, I don't know how you justify it because it's not even like a loss thing. It's like a competitive thing. Yeah, not even, not even competitive. Com- you're getting blown out by Stanford rolled 52 on them. Yeah. And Stanford isn't an offensive team at all. Oh, they averaged 19.9 going into that game. Chris threw 60 yards on Oregon State. That's all he could do. He, yeah, he was yeah. terrible. He went and threw 200 plus yards on the duck defense. So. I'm not, I'm almost past the point of, you know, the rumors, I, I almost think it's a certainty, even with that buyout, that they do it because you don't want to take young talent and they have their fair share as well, um, including the O-line and the quarterback, and say, yeah, let's go another year. And if that sucks, great. Now we have a junior and then you're in a transition phase of new guy, new coach. Oh, I have to go find a, a quarterback. Yeah. You know, that's always a tough part to put a coach in and that's kind of the position uh Gary Anderson was in was Riley used up all of Mannion said hey thanks Sean appreciate that now I'm going to go to Nebraska because God knows who I'd play at quarterback next year yep Gary takes the job part of this is on him for never visiting and knowing too much but he takes the job and look where you're at this is year two you still don't have a quarterback and you're hoping that you hit on a freshman you're hoping you hit on a JC kid you're hoping you hit on somebody um, so I think that actually moves from rumor to, to just truth. Cause I, I actually, if you were betting that spread is like 16, I would easily take that. I think they're going to win wow. that game 45 to like 10. Yeah. I mean, 
And, and we're, we could say all we want. Oregon State was their front end of their schedule was so difficult in hindsight. Yes. Look at all the ranked teams that they had to yeah. play and lost to. And, that, and now you have Oregon, who Oregon's never been super great against the real physical teams anyway, but yeah. they've had Washington, Stanford, and Utah in a row. Yeah, and wait, and don't forget USC. Oh, and so, USC. So yeah, add right. Washington. Washington wasn't consecutive, but add Washington, who rolled 70. Take Stanford, SC, and then take this Utah score. I I really want to, I'm going to do this. Take those four games and do a combined and see what that total is. I'd I'd be shocked if it wasn't north of 300 to like 70 or or 80. You know, just something crazy out there between four games. And, And I'll even, this is a great thing for Oregon State. It's funny because we've talked, we talk a lot of Ducks on our show. We also talk a lot of Oregon State as of late. When you mention the Ducks, there are people out there that the mindset is, well, they're, they're banged up. They're young. You know, this, this is tough. Oregon State has the same thing, and they're competitive in these competitive. games. Oregon's not even competitive. Yeah. So, and and you, you take that one step further and look at the talent differential between Oregon and Oregon State. Yeah, so for everybody that, you know... If you're going to crow that you're getting four and five-star guys, yeah. I, I'm sorry. And, and look, you, you can say, you know, I don't, you know, Gary Anderson and this and that struggles. I'm a little worried. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. Um, but put that in perspective for yourselves. Gary Anderson and this team lost 25 starters, and they're competitive against Stanford and Utah. Washington State. Washington I mean, State. Yeah. And then flip that to the guys down south. They are literally in the same boat with less injuries, more talented, at least star kids. And what's going on? They're losing by 42 points. They're losing by 30. It's not even close in these things. So I think that's a good perspective for Oregon State fan to have is it's not great with two wins. I get that. But, I mean, you're competitive and you shouldn't be. Meanwhile, the team down south has more talent, less injuries. They're not even close. Not even. So, I don't know. The Isaiah Hodgins thing, I'm, you, I think you just threw a lot of people for a loop on that no, one. No, I, I, like I it threw me for a loop. I mean, I even, like I said, I reached out yesterday to Greg Biggins to see what he had heard, who's a national analyst at Scout. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, my gut's telling me Oregon. And I said, he was, when I talked to him right after his duck visit, it's, and I'm like, I, I'm right there with you, but the, I'm hearing some other things going on. And so he reached out to some of his contacts, and he like wrote back and was like, Damn, it it really could, you know, mm-hmm. Nebraska and Oregon State are right there. God, what would that mean for that, for it, Gary so Anderson State, if they got I mean, him? It would be huge. I mean, like I said, really, quarterback, wide receiver, and O-line have struggled so much this year. Yeah. You lose Those Victor have been Bolden. your three worst positions. Yeah, they're your, and so you lose Victor Bolden. Um, you know, Billiman has been pretty much a non-factor. You just hope that he gets his mind right in the offseason and says, I need this from, if I want a future in anything – your junior years next year, you have yeah. to go. Yeah. So, uh, no, he's, I mean, Isaiah would be a game changer because not only, like I said, could he come in and play right now? He's that type that other guys would be like, well, dang, what's going on in Corvallis? Hodges, you know, and he plays on the same seven on seven team as Aiden Willard. And uh, I know they're, you know, they talk. In fact, a great story was Aiden, you know, plays at a really small school in Napa. Um, it was actually Isaiah's dad who helped kind of get Baldwin turned on to Willard and said, huh. hey, check this kid out. Come, you know, come check him out. So well, I, I it, did, it, it really threw me yesterday when, when this kind of started happening. Like, 
you're like, wow, okay, there's a shot. I do you're want, telling me there's a chance? Yeah, no, no kidding, Jim Carrey. Um, I do want to ask you this. It's it's real quick, and then we'll get to some damn questions because we're getting pretty close to where we usually are with the uh, with the damn podcast. Um, when you originally told me about a Hodgins, because I don't follow it quite like you and, and other people out there, um, but when I hear the big names, I'll I'll look up the film. When you told me about Hodgins, I basically said, "Yeah, I'm not. Don't really care anything about him. I know he's a big time recruit and player. What is his size? He is listed at six three one ninety. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean that's it's like pretty that's typical, the right? sweet spot of like Ranked an NFL 20, prospect. Twenty fourth, gosh, wide receiver, one hundred and seventy fourth overall. And what has Gary Anderson told us? He's told us we need to get those playmakers deck, uh, down yeah. to Oregon State again. Yeah. Oh my gosh! All right, now we're just going down a lane. I think mentally, what we don't want to because we don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> No, that's a big nugget, and that's what you get here at the damn podcast is Angie talking and working sources where, you know, it's not she's not counting Oregon out and saying he's not going to go to Oregon. It's just the feel is like it's kind of shifted maybe a little because of how garbage they've been. Um, Maybe it's Nebraska-Oregon State right now, top two in Oregon, which should have been like the lead um, is a distant third. And, man, that, that would just be terrible. They lost him. They just lost uh, Molden. Like, they've lost all yeah. four big in-state recruits. You add Hodgins to that mix. Oof. People yeah, are not happy. Like I said, like I said and maybe he is. Like I said, he could just be trying to get everybody off the track, but we'll see. Huh? Huh? Let's, let's move on now to some damn questions. What do you think of this? Look at you. We are big time now. Uh, well, you know, we've gotten requests for music for um, a, a couple weeks now for, for damn questions, and I, I felt bad I wanted to do it last week. It literally just slipped my mind. So I apologize to listeners out there, and I know this is maybe generic stuff that you're not the biggest fan of. Maybe you want a band or something, but uh, it's hard with licensing agreements. I just figured I'd go real generic. We play this on my radio show sometimes, and I figured we do uh, the college, some college football music during some damn questions on the damn podcast. Sweet. I like it. So let's get to some questions. So Action Jackson on Beaver Blitz says, I saw a couple posts about, what, about the fact that we're starting to recruit our, quote, B-list guys. Is this really what's already happening, or are we getting close? I say no. I, I mean, we just talked about Hodgins. Um the Beavers are still bringing in their top choices. You know, there might be some new guys getting offers. I, I wouldn't ne- necessarily say they're B-list. You know, Jalen Lane, the, the cornerback from Independence, Kansas, mm-hmm. he may have just picked up his offer, but the coaches have been talking to him for, for several weeks and, um, you know, waiting to see some film and, and such on him. But definitely not B-list. In fact, they actually have some guys lined up waiting for some different dominoes to fall. It, it, like I said, it's a, it's a tricky business. You know, you might have your number one prospect at, I don't know, quarterback, and he's waiting on a couple things. So you kind of slow play guys. So that's happening across the board in a couple positions right now. So definitely not on the B list quite yet. Um, I, I just want to add something to this, um, and I basically would compare it to this. I think this is similar to a presidential election that we literally just saw. Washington, Oregon, California. You know those states are locks. You continue to follow up with your B, your C guys, the guys that you still believe in that you can develop. You never give up your swing states. Don't stop campaigning. You continue to put in the fight, put in the work. We just saw this with the uh, the Democrat in that election. It's pretty evident she stopped working hard in certain states, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Florida. 
The other guy didn't. He put everything into it. He won those swing states. He won the election. You never stop recruiting the big names. You go to the end um, because you know the certain kids that you have locked in. You don't stop recruiting the big ones. Completely agree. All right. So we have uh, W. Bosch 15 says, what are your thoughts on the offensive line? I feel like most fans are happy with them because our occasional success running the ball, but I also think the lack of ability to pass protect mm-hmm. against the four-man rush hurts the passing game way more than we realize. What are your overall thoughts on this group this year and moving forward? Ooh, um, I think moving forward, it's one of the concerns that you p- brought up when we talked earlier about the future of the program, and it, it should be. When you lose three of your five guys um, because they're all seniors, are we confident of who's going to replace them? I think the coaching staff probably is internally but nobody realistically can be because we don't know some of the things about some of these kids stepping up. Right now, I love the, 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 the rush offense. I love the way that they're opening holes and helping this team establish the run. But, but he's right. I mean, if you watch this team go and pass, part of this is a little bit of the quarterback reading progression slowly, holding on to the ball too long. But a lot of this, too, is some teams, for whatever reason, can weirdly do well in the run, but when it comes to the pass, they can't do it. Um, guys are better getting pushes and creating holes than sometimes they are standing still and just keeping a man in front of him. And I think there's a little element of that to Oregon State, where they're great at running the ball and establishing the ground game, but when it comes to pass pro, they're just they don't quite have it like you think they should, given what they do on the on the ground. Yeah, I mean it's you you totally hit a home run on that one. Hey, thank you. I appreciate nice. that. I won't even add to that hey, one. I, I have one uh, to kind of throw into the mix here. Okay. This one is from Paramedic Eric. We always appreciate Eric. Good P1. Um, he says, tough loss last week. I don't see a moral win even if we lose a close game to Arizona. Agree or disagree? I, I think what I think I said a couple weeks ago that I wasn't going to have any more moral wins. So, yes, I'm going with that. I'm going to say no more moral victories. I want to see two more wins. Yeah, I'm with you on that Period. one. I, I think this game, it's a disappointment if you lose this one. I don't want to hear any excuse. Arizona's bad. I know we're banged up. I know you just lost Seth Collins. Um, this is a bad Arizona team. You're at home. You're favored. Vegas thinks you're at least a touchdown favorite. Win the, win the damn game. There's no moral win here if you lose. Uh, and I'll go a step further. If they get by in this one and skate by, or not skate by, but blow this one out... Uh, I'll take it a step further. Same thing with the Civil War. The Ducks are literally disintegrating in front of our eyes. Their defense can't stop a nosebleed. There should be no excuse. At home, four wins on the line, snapping a streak that has been going on since 2008. Yeah, there's no more moral wins for me. Win these next two games or I'm disappointed. Okay, here's uh, this one just brings me up here because I totally forgot about this player. What? How big of a factor was having a pass-catching tight end like Noah Togiai back in the mix in 2017 be? I'm so sorry, Noah. I totally <laughs> forgot. No, you I, were awesome last year, too. I, I didn't forget. That's been one of my biggest problems with their, their passing offense. You know, I said in the Minnesota game, I thought Noah Togiai was going to be one of the sneaky best players on that offense. Yeah, you did. He's a check-down guy, but he's a reliable one that can pick up tough yards after the catch. Um, you've absolutely missed him, with or without Garrettson, McMarion, whoever it is. Yep, you have. You've missed him tremendously. When he comes back, I hope to God he stays healthy because if you have him for a full year um, and then I go full-blown and just say, you have Isaiah Hodgins next year, 
I'm going real optimistic there. But <laughs> you have Togi I, I'm coming back, and he can stay healthy. That is huge for what they want to do in the air. Huge. Okay, here's what. I'm going to throw this one at you. Okay. You're going to love this one. Matt Chifoni, he's a P1 as well. What are your thoughts on the men's hoops program so far? Got to say this team needs a Derek Bruce-type scorer on the floor. Matt, you ask hoops every week, so I had to throw it out there. That game last night against Lamar. <clears throat> Can I almost want to put like a cricket sounder in my response to that question? <laughs> hey, look, it's still early. Bad. They are a young team, Matt, but you are absolutely right. You should be concerned. Um, there's a reason that you know people who project the, the Pac-12 predictions, they're not always right. In fact, we can make fun of them a lot. I think they nailed it. I just don't think this Oregon State team is that good. And I know Stephen Thompson didn't play. Zero excuse for losing to a team like Lamar at home. And right now, this really feels like if Trace Tinkle doesn't do literally everything for you every game, you have no shot at winning. I had a buddy of mine, and this isn't like comparing coaches, so don't take this out of context. Just comparing the start, going into a game. I had a buddy of mine who texted me and said, seriously, dude, I've looked at numbers I think statistically, this loss is worse than any loss Craig Robinson had going into a game. Now, they lost to Townsend during Craig Robinson's tenure, and Townsend ended up winning like 10 games. So at the end of the year, it looked even worse. But going into a game, that's a bad loss. I think Ken Pomeroy says they had a 5% chance of winning that game. And they won. So it's ugly right now. This doesn't look like a tournament team. They are banged up. But they're young, so let's give them some time. We can have that opinion they're not a tournament team now. This could all change in, in a month with them when they start conference play. Yeah, it, it, there's so much to go. But And then Ebbs15 wants to know, he has one question. Where's the Civil War tailgate going to be? And Ebbs, I know you're coming out for the game, and uh, we'll have that next week. Yes, I will give you guys info. I have an idea of where I want to go. I'm just not sure that I'm actually going to be able to get it. If it happens, great. If it doesn't... I will let you guys know by next week. And if I tailgate, I, I might need one of our listeners to give me a ticket because <laughs> a couple seats in the press box may open up because they won't let me in. Oh, what? I, I, I'm just saying, if I tailgate, I'm the biggest lightweight around. Oh, oh, yeah. I have a yeah. couple beers Touché. and they won't let me in. Touché. They'll be like, Machado. We're going to give a 1080 the fan your seat. I probably, yeah. yeah. Hey, Machado, Brandon Sprague just emailed us, said you are freaking drunk. He needs your seat. You know, I've never said this, um, but I have no problem admitting it because I'm sure I'm not the first. There was a game that I went to two or three, I can't, it's two or three years ago. I went to a game and I ended up going to a tailgate. And by the time I walked from the tailgate to the press box and sat down, I was looking at the field. I was drunk. I just looked at the field and go, oh, my God, I am drunk right now. And I just tried my best to not look people in the eye. I didn't have conversations. And then by, like, mid-second quarter. You were ready for a nap? Well, yeah, I was for sure yawning, but, like, the buzz had kind of wore off. And I was, like, in that groggy nap, but functional stage. So nobody was able to notice. But, man, that was, like, the only time I've gone as a press member, a media member, and uh, I didn't even want to partake, but I ended up going to a buddy's tailgate and, you know, have a Coors. Oh, yeah, okay, I like Coors. It's like water. Have this IPA. It's new. It's good. Uh, I don't know. No, just try it. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, dude, have another one of those IPAs. Yeah, you're right. Hey, dude, you got to take a fireball shot before you go. It's oh. cold out. Yeah, you're right. Let's do it. 
So yeah, I, I will actually admit there was, um, I don't even remember what game it was. It was one of the earlier ones. And we go um, and we park where the, the press parks. And somebody had given their parking pass to somebody who was, had set up a tailgate. Well, they were set up into, in our parking spot with their tent and everything. <laughs> yeah. And so we're like, uh, yeah, that's our spot. And they're like, they're super nice. Yeah. They're, but they're total buzz, right? Total like brunch going on. Oh, yeah. They, they're moving stuff. And they're like, oh, you guys are really nice. And they're like, you want a beer? My, and my, my husband's like, what? Of course, why? You know, uh, yeah, I might do a beer later. And yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not a beer kind of beer kind of gal. And next thing I know, they're like, will you drink a mimosa? I'm like, well, heck yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure as I'm talking to Gina up in the press box, she's like, dude, do I smell booze on you or something? But yeah, <laughs> I did have a mimosa. Uh, yeah, I don't like beer. I'll take the one with the hard alcohol in yeah, it, though. Yeah. I don't play games, <laughs> honey. I was here during Parker Stadium days. We really go hard. Yes, at at cups and you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll make sure I'll give you some information. Hey, if you're a listener and you're going to the game, stop by. And, and yes. I'll just say my tailgate is gonna have ducks there. But I think that's the beauty is a lot of the people I know never take social media for reality. I think we just learned this in politics, but I think you learn this in sports. I've had nothing but great interaction with duck fan. I know duck fans. There are some douchey ones. There's also some douchey beaver fans. Don't take social media as gospel for the representation of Duck Fan. There'll be some Duck Fans. We'll talk some, you know, friendly trash. Um, but We're both bad. Yeah, sw- swing by the tailgate, though. Even if there's some Ducks there, we'll be cornholing it up, have some music. Crawford, Alex Crawford might have some Legends of the Giant Killers gear to sell. Um, it'll be a good time at the Civil War. This is going to be the Toilet Bowl too, or as I like to call it, the Outhouse. The outhouse. Well, and then I just have one thing to uh, to prep to or to uh, to push out there. Any more questions? That's it. That's it. Okay, That's let I me got. fade the music down real quick. Okay, all right, go ahead. So I have one thing that um, is actually kind of fun. It was it's something I've been toying around with for a while, but um, I'm asking listeners, readers, for submissions of your favorite or best Civil War memory. It can be a game memory. It can be like something that happened at a tailgate. Did you Civil say War. gay memory? Pardon? What did you say? Gay memory? Game. Oh, Civil game. War game. Oh, I thought you memory. said gay memory. I'm like, what? <laughs> What's like Civil I War game Civil memory. War. <laughs> I mumble a lot. No, I, it's I, okay. I just wanted to make sure people didn't hear that too yes. and go, gay memory. I've never game. been gay. Game. All right. All right. Yes. There we go. So um, just easy. Submit it to Angie Machado or Angie at Beaver Blitz. Dot com. Uh, we will be picking the best or the you know most fun. I will. Don't worry about your writing. Just shoot me an email. You know, longer than a you know couple sentences if you could. But um, send. I've gotten some amazing ones already. Some great ones. We will run them next week, and uh, those that get published will win or will receive three free months of Beaver Blitz. So that's awesome. If you're a member, you get three months added. If you've never been a subscriber, I will give you a a membership for three months. So um, I just think it's going to be fun. I wanted to do this for a while and get some, some listener and reader feedback. And um, it's kind of your chance to be published and tell your favorite civil war game memory. And we will uh, give our favorite civil war memories in the next podcast next week. I have one that people that listen to this podcast might find hilarious and it also, you might have a certain opinion about me after my memory. Nice. And it's not one that I'm necessarily proud of. Is this this fireball? And <laughs> nope, 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 oh, nope. Okay. This was an actual, this was a civil war and this was not one when I was a media member. Okay. But it also kind of explains my background of just who I am as a sports fan and kind of how I got to where I got. 
Nice. I, know I can't that's wait. Kind of an in-depth that tease. That is a major tease right there. But yeah, so uh, look for that next week. Me and Angie will, uh, I should say Angie and I, for the people out there that are really grammatically correct, um, we will discuss off the air what day. Um, maybe we'll shoot text and figure that out. Um, that works for both of us. Next week is Thanksgiving week. We're really jacked. You got the Arizona game. Let's get a W, be it three wins, and then we will have a Civil War podcast. Um Outside of that, is there anything else you want to plug at beaverblitz.com? No, I just just come check it out. Okay, perfect. And uh, be sure to uh, tune in. My radio show is Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan from noon to 3. You can catch it Monday it's through Friday. It's the best listening. I have actually been tuning in every day now hey. and listening while I work. There we go. Fantastic stuff. Yes. We get a little off the rails sometimes, but that's what radio is about. That's what makes it fun. Exactly. Um, thank you, everybody, to the damn questions. Uh, Angie, we went way off off schedule but uh, i actually enjoyed this one a lot no it was totally fun all right good information look for hodgins to make everybody happy on saturday fingers crossed there and uh we will tweet out and talk to you guys next week on another edition of civil war damn podcast see you guys next week